Hi, What The Health Tech listeners. I'm your host this week, Justine Abson. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas and best practice in health and social care. This week, we're speaking to Jasmine, Jasmine Rye, Associate Director at RCH Care Homes. Jasmine has been with RCH for four and a half years and prior to this, she worked in accountancy and audits. Outside of work, Jasmine enjoys spending time with friends and family, being outdoors and loves the West End. Oh, I don't blame you there, Jasmine. I absolutely love a good musical. Um, she's, <laughs> they are, aren't they? It doesn't matter what you go and see. Um, she's also passionate about improving EDI, greener policies and femtech, which is where technology can help improve women's health and well-being. Jasmine, welcome to What the Health Tech. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honour and a privilege. Really appreciate it. Brilliant. Well, we're going to discuss today about how social care innovators are driving positive change for people in social care. Um, So Jasmine, could you give our listeners a bit of an overview of this to start off with and the Institute of Health and Social Care Management? Yeah, of course. So the Institute of Health and Social Care Management, it's been around for 120 years, but up until about 18 months ago, two years ago, their predominant focus was just on the healthcare side of things. And so internally, they made a decision that they also wanted to social care. Um, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of them 18 months ago. The, the first time I heard about them was when Jane Brightman put up a post on LinkedIn saying, who is involved in social care and wants to create change and wants to work with innovative ideas? I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's go see what's going on and join. And it's just, it's phone from there. And it, it's really lovely because it's um, turned into this like really beautiful collaborative community, which has you know, it's got different subgroups that focus on different areas. It's completely free. It's voluntary. Um, you can come and join as many sessions as you want or as few sessions as you want. And it's, you know, we've got subgroups which are focusing on the People Plan for Social Care, which I know we want to talk about later, uh, digital and tech and social care, workforce well-being, um, greener care, etc. So there's lots of little different areas that wherever someone's interested, they can just come and contribute or hear great ideas and implement them in their respective organisations. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? There's so much to talk about. I think something like this is is absolutely brilliant. Um, So how did you come up with sort of the Social Care Innovators Committee and what exactly is involved in that? So it started off with um, the first meeting was very much a case of like, right, what does everyone want to do? What are we trying to achieve? And the, the key theme that came out of it was that it really wanted to be focused on creating positive change and action. So we know there's a lot of groups out there which are, when I say support focused, it's more a case of like, you've got someone where you can talk to you about the issues that you're having, but there's not much that you yourselves can do about them. Whereas we wanted to create a group or a forum, I guess, where people have such great ideas because um, one of the issues with social care is that it's so fragmented and we wanted to bring people together so that they could then bounce off each other, realise that there's actually other people working probably similar ideas and try and make change happen, really. I think that's it as well. And everybody learns from everything, everybody else, don't they? You know, it's everybody's in the same kind of position, but everybody does things differently. So I think actually having that network and that group where everybody can learn from everybody is got to be a positive thing. Exactly. And like, I've definitely learned so much. And I know other people in the in the innovators have as well um what's really great though is that if someone has an idea and says oh you know there's a subgroup that i want to create or i want to focus on a particular area and that hasn't happened yet they're definitely able to do so i mean one of the ones we've, we've kind of created like a semi 
a task and finish group rather than a full group, which um, is within the workforce wellbeing one. And that's talking about trying to create support for employers within social care so that they can provide better support to their employees and workforce uh, who are either current or historic victims of domestic abuse. Um, we don't think there's enough support out there right now. We want to try and see what we can do to make it so that it's employer focused so that we are able to support a wider group of people eventually. And that, that's like that's one of the ones that we've started up recently and hopefully it will make some change happen. I'm sure it will. I mean, it, it definitely sounds like an amazing group to be part of and something that can make a real difference, which is is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so who makes up yeah. the, the People Plan Committee and, and what role do you play in that? So the People Plan Committee, uh, so like I said, there's various subgroups. Um, the People Plan is one of those subgroups and the co-chairs are myself, uh, Palmy Dodio, who is a founder and director of Serene Care, Joan Bothmer, who is the head of care at Care Services, and then Adam Pennell, who is the director of social care at the Institute of Health and Social Care Management. So between the four of us, we, I guess we, we organise like a lot of the logistical stuff, but the actual committee is made up of anyone and everyone who wants to contribute. So we've had people who've been with us from the very beginning a year ago. We've also had people who joined us recently as two, three months ago, once they found out about the people plan and they wanted to get involved. So we are very much a case of the more the merrier situation. Um, I think it has to be though, doesn't it? It's, you know, like you said, some people are going to find out about you straight away. Other people are going to find out about you later on down the line and everybody's got something that they can contribute. So regardless of obviously when they're joining, it's great that people can kind of still yeah. get involved. 100% that we, when we started the people plan group, um, we, I mean, we decided that we wanted to create a people plan for social care and there's so many people who complain about how social care has got so many issues and how it needs a people plan and they've been waiting for the government to provide one for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Um, we're like, well, why don't we create one ourselves? It's, it's going to be the first one, which is by the sector for the sector. And from there, hopefully we can inspire other people to collaborate with us to contribute and or create their own, depending on how they want to do it. Um, we just wanted it to be a collaborative approach, really. We wanted it to be co-produced by the people who work in social care, by the people who use social care, people who advocate for those who draw on care. It, we wanted to represent the voices that aren't often heard. I mean, 80% of the sector is made up of SMEs. Uh, when you hear about social care in the news, you're often hearing about the, the biggest players in the market, but the, the vast majority of organisations, they're very, very small. And then obviously you've got other aspects within social care where you've got personal assistance or unpaid, um, like, you know, friends and family who are providing unpaid care. And we wanted it to be something which could be supportive for everyone and like a, a positive force of good force of change for everyone <laughs> yeah and I guess you know who better to write a report and, and this kind of plan than the people actually working it day to day they're they're seeing it day yeah. to day they're, they're there um and see the issues they see the challenges they see the positives they see the negatives so yeah absolutely I think having yeah. that um those people in, involved in it is absolutely key yeah, exactly. Like we're definitely firm believers of the fact that we feel a lot of the answers are already known by people who are in the sector. And by that, I mean, again, people who either work in it, draw on care, advocate for it, have a passion for social care. Um, 
they often already have the answers. It's just a case of trying to bring them all together so that they can either work on them together or alternatively to build a platform so that they can share those ideas to a wider audience. So obviously, you know, we've mentioned the plan. Um, it was first published in, in December 2021. And as part of this, there was a consultation process. Um, so when did you launch this to the public and, and how was that consultation process done? So we created the People Plan group in August last year. So we're on our one-year anniversary. Um, and we asked the question, we were like, all right, we want to create the People Plan. Uh, so initially we thought we would do it so that it would be launched in about a year's time and then in a follow-up meeting be like you know what actually right now feels like it's the best time to do it and when we say right now there is obviously social care is in the news a lot if you think back to where yeah. we were in September to November of 2021 it was in the news a lot COVID was obviously still making major headlines and we felt that we had momentum on our side to try and get more people from the wider public who don't normally know much about social care or don't normally engage with social care to to care about social care Um, so we did a three-month consultation which ran from September to November 2021 Um, it fell into two parts one part was desktop review of the existing reports about social care that were already out there taking there's no point reinventing the wheel like let's take the information that's already out there put it all together into one um document and then the other part was trying to get as many voices from the sector involved as possible so there was a three-month survey that went out and we also had people sending us messages on social media voice notes we did uh, a couple of clubhouse sessions so there's a health and social care clubhouse um it was mentioned on the caring view we pushed it out to various other organizations and asked them to share with their networks so like NACAS and yeah the Outstanding Managers Network on Facebook. Um, we just tried to literally get it out to as many people as we possibly could. <laughs> and then after that, so then uh, we pulled together all of the information that was coming through. And the way that we had structured the report is prior to that, there seemed to be five main areas that everyone in the sector was talking about, complaining about, feeling that they needed to be addressed as the most urgent. And those were the public image of social care, recruitment, retention and well-being, training and pay benefits and the conditions of work. So we felt like let's focus on those. And then as all the recommendations came through, one of the things that we really wanted to focus on when we created the People Plan Report is that, number one, we wanted it to be something that was positive. There's enough media about the negatives in social care and not enough about all of the great things happening in social care. And we wanted it to be something which was supportive to the social care community. So where you have so many small providers or individuals, they are often struggling not knowing that there's other support out there. And we wanted to create something where they could see from their peers, this is something that's tried, this is something that's worked, and this is the, you know, the things that have worked for us. And we feel that you in a similar position, it would hopefully work for you as well. Um, so that was the... So we asked about the current status quo of those five issues. What were their examples of good and an outstanding practice? And then what were their recommendations for change in the future? And then those recommendations were then further split into short-term, medium-term and long-term, which were then also split into those for government, those for providers, and then those for the media to action. And it, you know, some of the recommendations require additional funding, but some of them are low-cost, high-impact ideas. And like you said, it's the answers are already there in the sector. We're just trying to give them a 
bigger platform. Yeah, and I think pulling it all together in one place as well. Um, I mean, I was going to say earlier, it's pulling all that information and, and getting it all into one report and everything else must have been a challenge in itself, especially, you know, kind of getting everybody involved from all the different sort of mediums that you mentioned and all the different um, all the different yeah. areas. Um, but yeah, I think we, having we everything in that had, one place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we definitely had quite a few... Uh, I don't know if sleepless nights is quite well, <laughs> but a lot of staying up until like midnight or 2 a.m. trying to pull it all together because um, the Care Innovators, it's a voluntary group. So this isn't our actual job. We all have actual jobs that we do, you know, for like the entire week. Um, and this is something that we created in our, I want to say free time, but does anyone <laughs> in social care actually have any free time? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, do you know what, though? The, the thing that does come across in, in all the podcasts we do is, you know, within health and social care across across everything, is the passion people have to to really make yeah. a difference. And, you know, it still surprises me every time I speak to somebody in terms of how much people do want to make a difference. People are invested into it. You know, it's like you said, it's not just a job. Um, I think we had um, we had Craig Rainford on a, a few weeks ago on the podcast um, who had spent 20 years with Four Seasons and I think he had a, yeah. a, a quote about you know it's not a it's not just a job it's a vocation um, and you just see that more and more the more more you talk to people so I think you know hearing about this in terms of you know putting all of that effort into something that could really make a difference in your like you said, you know, not quite free time, but that's what that's what it is. Um, is is a testament to kind of how much people do want to want to kind of change things. Yeah, and I think that's what we were definitely. I don't know if surprised is the right word, but we were definitely really pleased by when we saw the results coming through from the survey, from the consultation, the feedback on you know like Clubhouse, social media, etc. It's that so many people cared. They just hadn't had anywhere where they could be for, or if they had tried, they hadn't felt like it'd been effective enough. And obviously we had no idea the momentum that the people plan would end up generating, which we're obviously really pleased about because we wanted to create something that's really positive and supportive for the community. Um, but yeah, when we first created it, what we wanted it to be is something that was, it's not just a report that you create and then you put on a shelf and never look at it again. We wanted it to be the start of a movement and momentum. So we've got another report coming out this year where we take the, the feedback suggestions from last year, talk about some of those same topics to see what recommendations have been put in place, but also additional topics, additional ideas, additional, there's, there's always innovation happening. Yeah. Um, and it sounds cheesy to say it, but we definitely feel like that the social care sector as the, as the entirety is definitely the, it, how do I explain this? Um, it's very true when you say they are the change that they want to see. Hmm. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, you know, you don't want it to be a, you know, we've done a report, it goes on the shelf, It's that's the end of it. Um, and I think a lot of things can can be like that. But yeah, to, to kind of have that movement of you're already, you know, working on the 2022 version sort of thing at the moment. And I'm sure we'll chat a little bit about that. But yeah, it's I think that's really important um, because things do change constantly. I mean, look at the last sort of few years <laughs> yeah. and, you know, nobody could have predicted that. So there's always yeah. something I think that comes up or, you know, and I think. The really lovely thing is the the positive side of it. You know, it's about making change yeah. positively. And there is there's so much positive stuff that happens in social care. 
Um, but like you said, there's so much focus on the negative side that it doesn't always come across that way. So I think for a report to have been written that can make a difference, that is positive, is is brilliant. Yeah, that's what we wanted. And we wanted it to be something that it, it helped create a community. So we've had individuals, um, like both individual providers and actual individual people who either work in care or who are care, and they've come back and said... Um, that they felt that they were the ones who were, you know, they, like they, they felt they were doing everything wrong. And then suddenly this report came out and they realised actually everyone is in the same boat. Everyone is struggling through those same issues. And some of the recommendations that they can put in place are ones which are you know, cost effective, high impact, and it's been valuable to them. So we've had providers who've come back to us and said, we've implemented you know, one of your recommendations from recruitment the public image and we've seen that there's already a difference starting to occur and obviously the more people within social care who get involved hopefully more and more change will occur over time it's not a quick fix overnight but it's definitely a step in the right direction yeah which is always the best place to be even if it's baby steps it's as long as you're going in the right direction then it's a it's a great thing um, we've obviously talked about, you know, the, the results and, and things like that a little bit. So they were reviewed and published in December um, and you obviously played a bit of a key part in this process. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? I know there's um, it was launched at the House of Lords. So I'm sure that's a, a really interesting point that our listeners would like to hear about. Yeah, so we published in December because we, honest reason is that we know that with Christmas coming up, everyone's going to get very busy with that with you know both from a work perspective but also from a friends and family perspective so we wanted to get it out early enough that people would have time to read absorb and then if they wanted to start incorporating some of these changes in the next couple of months hopefully it would be useful to them um so we did that and we tried to share it with as many networks as we could over the next few months and then we launched it at the house of lords in march 2022 which was an amazing experience um so thank you to baroness uh so, so it's meant to be Lord Hunt who is going to do that, but unfortunately he ended up not being available on the day of COVID. So thankfully Baroness Wheeler jumped in instead and she officially launched it. So from there what's happened is we had as many people from not just as people care subgroup, but also from the wider care innovators who were able to come down to the House of Lords and physically go to Parliament to, to launch it. Um, that was kind of like the... Yeah, I, I guess like the, the official stepping point. Or the, I don't feel like I'm describing it very well. Um, essentially, it was an amazing moment. And from there, it has just built up so much momentum. We've had care associations and local authorities come back to us and say that they're going to start piloting some of the recommendations that we've recommended for uh, local government. We've spoken to Damien Green, who's the chairman of the Adult Social Care APPG, which is a cross-parliamentary group, and they've agreed to include as part of the written evidence into the current six-month inquiry slash consultation that they are doing into adult social care. Um, we have been sending it out to MPs. We have been sending it out on social media, trying to get it picked up by the media anyone and everyone who we can get it out to we've been trying to do so and what's been really lovely to see is that it is building momentum so we were asked some of the people from the people fans of group we were asked to be panelists at the healthcare plus show in may and then the um the care show not the care show the one in birmingham in july 
And the first one in May, I don't think too many people had heard about us, but by July, by the time July rolled around, we had some people come up to us to say that the, one of the main reasons that they had come to the care show was because they wanted to see, or they, sorry, they wanted to learn more about the people plan. They wanted to see either how they could get involved or how they could start implementing some of those recommendations in their individual organisations. And what was really lovely is, so like I mentioned, Adam now he's one of the people who's already involved in it, and apparently he's become quite a bit of a celebrity. <laughs> so we had someone who came up to us and said, asked him for his autograph because she works in, a, I think it's a health and social care course or degree. She's one of the, the people who teach there, and she said that her students think of him as a bit of a celebrity, and they wanted her to get his autograph. <laughs> so it's just really really lovely and you know some of the changes that are being made is that various organizations across the sector whether they represent care homes whether they represent domiciliary care whether they represent individual care workers all of them sorry care professionals all of them are endorsing the, the people plan because we try to get as many voices from as many different parts of the sector involved and like I said whether that's someone who is working as a personal assistant or someone who is in a care home, um, sorry, someone who's living in a care home or working in a care home, we wanted to get as many voices involved. And it's really lovely to see that we've got so many endorsements. And one of them is from Ed Pauls, who obviously used to be a former health and social care secretary. Mm-hmm. He, did, he did his documentary about the social care crisis last year, so in 2021. And then he was interviewed by Adam earlier this year in July. And it it's just really great to see how so many people are able to get involved. And I think one of the greatest things that Ed said within that um, interview is that it's not a case of having him or someone else be in the face of social care. The face of social care is and should be everyone who's already in it. So whether you're working for someone in social care, whether you are drawing on care yourself, whether you are advocating for someone who is using care, they are the the face of social care as they should be Mm. yeah and I think it's um if you speak to anybody everybody knows somebody involved in social care everybody will know somebody involved in it whether they work in it whether they've got a family member in it whether they've got you know um whether yeah just everybody knows somebody don't they so it affects absolutely everybody Um, and there's not many things that affect absolutely everybody um, so it's yeah like every, everyone knows about the NHS but the NHS is obviously an area that you normally only interact with at if, if you've got an acute need or if you've got a clinical need whereas social care it's all about the community like you said everyone knows someone they might have a grandmother who is living with dementia um, they might have someone one of their colleagues is is living with a learning disability because also that's one of the things that we wanted to really emphasize with in the people plan is that there's a common misconception within the wider public that social care is just for people who are over the age of 65 when in reality you know like 35 percent 40 percent of the sector is made up of working age adults we wanted to make sure that their voices were being heard and that their needs were being supported as well um 
So, oh, sorry, I've kind of like lost my train of thought where I was going with all of this. Oh, yeah, so just a, like a fun little story. Um, after the, we launched the people found out the house floors, I think I had to get an Uber somewhere. And I was talking to the Uber driver, and I, I mentioned about how the consultation is going to be open later in the year. We'd love to have as many people involved. And he started telling me about how his cousin is living with autism and his aunt is really struggling. And I was like, like this is my point. Everyone knows someone. Yeah. And until you start having those conversations, it's just, it's, it's almost like it becomes this thing that no one talks about until they need to. But in reality, we should be talking about it. We should be open about it. Because unless you talk about it, nothing's ever going to change. Exactly. And I think, you know, you mentioned about it being a misconception that it's just care homes, for example, for the elderly. And it's it's not. Yeah. Um, and I think something like this definitely helps you know create that wider audience you know gets creates that um, bigger perception if you like um to kind of show people actually there's so much more involved in this um than I think a lot of people even realize yeah exactly and we definitely as a people plan group we have tried to take on board as much feedback as possible so we had last year when we created the report there's also an easy read version but one of the things that we were told is that the survey itself was not an easy read version for people who need an easy read. Um, and so this year when we've created the survey, we have the, the the official survey and then we also have an easy read version. And throughout both last year's consultation and this year's consultation, we've tried to make it, we, we tried to promote the accessibility as much as possible. So if an online survey isn't the way that you find it most convenient to share your views or your suggestions or your experiences, then let us know what works for you. If you want to have a video call, if you want to leave us a voice note, if you want to send us messages on social media, drop us an email. We are open to any and every form of medium possible. And that comes back to, again, like you mentioned at the very beginning, you want as many voices as possible. You want as many um, different people as possible. And the way to do that is, I guess, to open it up. You, You know, you've just mentioned not everybody might be able to fill in a survey or whatever that might be. So even to that point, opening up how they can actually contribute towards this is a is a really key point. Yeah, exactly. And we want to be very open about any feedback that we get. We try and learn from it because we're all human at the end of the day. None of us have all of the answers to everything. We're not perfect. And if we have either missed out on something or we haven't given it enough emphasis, then if we know, then we can obviously improve for the next round. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks again for joining us this week and thank you to everybody for listening. We're back with Jasmine next week for part two of the podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions for us or our guests, please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com. Listener.